God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So uh, Trump is made the announcement yesterday that he is uh, filing or he filed a uh, a civil lawsuit, and um, the lawsuit is against Facebook, Facebook, and uh, Twitter, and Google, YouTube. And I think, you know, he's going to have an interesting case. Uh, Alan Dershowitz seems to think that uh, this case has uh, holds a lot of water and, and good integrity. We're going to go ahead and listen to um, uh, a full clip here of, of uh, his announcement, of Donald, uh, President Trump's announcement. Media companies are officially private entities. In recent years, they have ceased to be private with the enactment and their historical use of Section 230, which profoundly protects them from liability. Once they got Section 230, they're not private companies anymore. This case is one of the most important First Amendment cases in my lifetime. And I did the Pentagon Papers case and the I Am Curious Yellow case, IRU cases in the Supreme Court. This is really important because it presents a great constitutional paradox. It pits freedom of speech against the First Amendment. Wow, how could that be? There's no doubt that the media giants are denying President Trump his free speech and me, my free speech. They've taken down a debate between me and Bobby Kennedy. And they're also denying the free speech rights of people who want to listen to their views. So free speech is clearly on the side of the plaintiffs. But the defendant, The media giants are claiming they have a First Amendment right to deny free speech. They have a First Amendment right to censor. And the courts are going to have to resolve this conflict between free speech on the one hand and the First Amendment on the other hand. First time in American history this conflict has been presented. The current situation is absolutely intolerable. You have these giant media telling us what we can see, what we can hear, and being exempted by congressional legislation. 
And then we have them claiming their rights under the First Amendment because they're a private company. It's unacceptable. And we already know there are at least a couple of justices who are prepared to take this issue on. So I suspect that we're going to get this case to the United States Supreme Court, and it's going to be one of the most important cases. If I was still teaching at Harvard, I would be giving a course solely on this lawsuit. That's how important it is. You know, th that answered one of my next questions is, do you think it's going to make it to the Supreme Court, which you clearly do believe? But I, I want to ask this, and forgive me my naivete when it comes to the law, but we've talked about this in, a, in, the, in the past, and I was thinking about it prior to this. We've talked about this that baker who didn't want to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple, and he said, well, it's a private business. I don't have to do this. And the court then forced them to bake the cake, right? So how is this different? Because they're saying we don't want to let him on our platform wouldn't the court have to say, well, you you have to. I mean, I, I don't maybe I'm not interpreting the case right. Well, the court hasn't decided that case yet. It sent it back on a technicality. I suspect the court will decide that the baker doesn't have to bake the cake and the social media will seize on that. And they'll say if the baker doesn't have to bake the cake, we don't have to put Donald Trump on our social media platform. Mm. Both sides will cite that case. The, the irony is you have this conflict between what the First Amendment was intended to protect, the open marketplace of ideas, uh, uh, free speech. That's clearly on the side of the plaintiffs. But the other side is claiming, but the First Amendment also gives us the right to censor. There's a leading case involving the Miami Herald many years ago where they refused to publish a letter to the editor correcting a mistake they had made. And the Supreme Court said the right of free press includes the right of the press to decide what not to publish. So this is not an easy case. Nobody can predict for you today how this case is going to come out. The right wants it to come out one way. The left wants it to come out another way. I'm a liberal Democrat, strong proponent of freedom of speech. I can tell you right here and now, I know for absolute sure that nobody knows how this case is going to come out. Okay. That's Alan Dershowitz. Now, what's interesting about the Baker case, uh, not wanting to bake a cake for a homosexual marriage because it goes against his uh, Christian faith. I actually thought that case was resolved. I guess they, they put sent it back. And and I understand that, that uh, Baker has made it in the news again. And they've gone after him. They've, they've used him as a vehicle. But what's interesting is that involves religious freedom. That's a little bit of a, that is a civil rights uh, piece. That's also a First Amendment speech piece, but it also involves freedom of religion. And I don't think that the two cases are the same in, the spe in respect to um, what Dershowitz was just saying about, about uh, well, several things, actually. The case uh, that Donald Trump is bringing to the social media big tech giant has a lot to do with the enormity of uh, the monopoly that they have. And in addition to that, it has a lot to do with um, Section 230, and we need to be able to have civil litigation when we're being unfairly treated. You can go all the way back to the 60s and the Jim Crow laws 
where they said black people won't be served here. Well, I think you could also make the argument that people wearing Make America Great Again hats or basically people who are Trump supporters are being discriminated against. They're being fired from their jobs. They're not getting promotions. And we're seeing all kinds of unfair biases in the media. So it's a different case. It's different than color people can't ride on this bus or have to ride in the back. Or It's a different case than the Jim Crow segregation laws. That's number one. And number two, I think it's a different case than the religious freedom laws uh, with regard to the Baker and the homosexual marriage. So, so it's an interesting case, and I think it, it brings uh, this case will center in terms of it being a town hall free speech case, and I think the plaintiffs will prevail in this case uh, because of the utilitarian aspect of these social media giants, that they are utilities, that they're protected by Section 230. And I think the reason why they are being protected is because they are cooperating and selling goods and services to the government. And that makes them a government utility. Um, we're going to go ahead and take um, a caller right now. Uh, this is Julie. Julie, you're on the air. Good morning, Scott. How are you today? Did you have a nice 4th of July? I did. Good, good. I I was thinking about what you were just saying about, and you're, you're playing of Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> in no disrespect to Alan Dershowitz, I believe there's a flaw in his argument. And the flaw is such that the censoring of of the, the social media giants of, for example, hydroxychloroquine harmed people. That's true. And it harmed people. That's right. And he, he missed that in his his presentation of his argument. And this is what causes the difference, as you're Public saying, safety. between the cases. And you know what? And to that point, that's a great point that you made. And to that point, they—that's how they're—that's how they're getting around the constitutionality of these draconian laws—is they're saying, in the name of public safety, we're declaring an emergency. And so, you know, that's what they're doing in New York with the gun legislation. They're going to call a state of emergency for high crimes, uh, and they're going to try to put a ban on guns. Uh, The same thing was done with hydroxychloroquine and in various states uh and the same thing is doing, being done with regard to the stay-at-home orders or the mail-in balloting and election rigging they use it all in the name of public safety and so to your point that you just made which is a good point uh i think that the public safety aspect of this especially when lives were lost because of the censorship of the big tech giants they're going That's to have blood right. on their hands. And this is where that this is where the damages need to be uh, instituted. And this is this is from my perspective the flaw in Alan Dershowitz's argument. Yeah, well, you know what? It's 
I think if you if you if he was talking with you and he you know I would love to see what he would have to say to that response um, because I think he yeah. was somewhat limited with time in his interview with the Newsmax crew, um, but he was bringing up that one aspect of it. Um, but he definitely said um, that he doesn't think anybody knows how this is going to break down. But you know, make, using one example as the baker, I think he actually got that wrong. And because, because the baker involves religious freedom. And, and so, you know, I think that that's just a different aspect of it. You know, this is a town hall community kind of concept with regard to social media. And we've been baited and entrusted. Uh, so many times they've come out and said, all we are is a platform uh, for uh, free speech. You know, um, back in the beginning... If you look at all the words that were said by Zucker, Zucker Zuckerberg and uh, Dorsey. <laughs> like Lindell calls him Zuckerbuck. Yeah, Zuckerbucks, because he paid for <laughs> yeah. it and helped rig elections. Yeah. Now, he's allowed yeah. to do certain things with his money, but he's not allowed to violate election contribution laws. Uh, you know, Dinesh D'Souza went to jail for that under the Obama regime. You know, the, the tyrannical dictatorship that was Obama put Dinesh D'Souza in jail for a small violation, nowhere near as egregious as what Zucker Bucks uh, did. (laughs) Anyway, so I I didn't mean to take take, uh, too much time, but I just, there's always flaws, and this whole argument is not just a cube. It is a multifaceted sphere with many sides. And what we need to do is we we need to find the right sides of that sphere in order to to penetrate it. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, this is going to be, will be a fascinating case. And, you know, I like the fact that Trump put together a team that has a track record of large class action lawsuits uh, with respect to tobacco, the tobacco team. The, the uh, group that went after Excellent. the tobacco, big tobacco, uh, and they're soft-spoken people too. They're 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 speak softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> well, you know that their um, big tech is afraid uh, of what this is because they uh, were asked for um, their their uh, response to this, and they said nothing, no comment. So they're they're tightening down the hatches and they're getting ready for war, um, but well, hopefully and the, and the you know for the good of America we win. Mention, What's that? And the part that the part that we also have to mention is how is this going to be rectified? Because should these should these social media giants be dissolved? Should their assets be completely seized? And it, you will find that the entire globe will rally behind that, that premise. And th- this is what will allow our world to come together after this great divide. Right. They, we will all rally against the social media giants, and they tackle tackle people. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, so sorry to bug you. No, 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 you're not bugging us. Thank you. Thank you for that input. That was a great comment. Thank you. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so we got uh, a caller on the air right now. Dane, welcome to the Scott Adams Yeah, calling from our famous communist California. 
Um, if I was an attorney, thank God I'm not, um, here's one of the points I would be arguing immediately. Facebook and Twitter keep saying, well, we're a private company. Okay, so if you're a private company, why can anybody from the public come into your co uh, company and, and get on Facebook and Twitter? And I'll give you an example. Uh, up in South Dakota, I walked into Menards. I didn't have a face mask on. And right away, they screamed at me at the time, you need a face mask, you can't come on. I said, no, I got a disability. So I went to the middle of the store and had three goons surround me. And I got in a big argument with them. Actually called 911 on them because they said I have a disability and they're trying to throw me out. It's, and it's against the law to have a disability. And they said, well, we're a private company. I says, well, you're a private company. Then why is the public walking through your door and you haven't invited them here? So my point is this. If you're a private, then you must be invite the people to come in. So all the people that are coming in from Twitter off the public and they haven't been invited, it just dissipates the argument as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know what I, I, mean? I, I guess when we sign up for Twitter, we need to read this, the fine print because we're signing away our souls. Uh, we're literally signing. We don't even know what we're signing when we sign up for these things. Nobody reads this stuff, you know, so. But uh, thank you, Dane. That's a good point. You know, maybe uh, yeah. there is uh, some legal ramification there. All yeah. right, Dan. Well, I hope I hope they take them down. Yeah, I hope so too. Take care now. Thank you. All right, so that's uh, <laughs> you know this is going to be interesting. Let's take a listen to uh, what Donald Trump had to say with regard to his announcement. From the very beginning of our nation, freedom of speech has always been understood as a bedrock of our liberty, liberty and our strength. In America, we recognize that the freedom to speak our minds and express the truth that is our heart. Really, that's really a big chunk of our heart. It is our heart. It is not granted to us by government. It's given to us by God, and no one should have the power to take that right away. The Founding Fathers inscribed this right in the very first amendment to our Constitution because they knew that free speech is essential to the prevention and look to the prevention of horror and to the preservation of our republic. But remember the words, the prevention of horror, because we're very close to seeing that now in our country. We've never been in a position like this, and it's all happened very quickly. In the words of the father of our country, although some would like to take that title away from him, George Washington, he will not be canceled. If freedom of speech... <laughs> if freedom of speech may be taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter, pretty well-known phrase, and so true. So From the very beginning take, of our nation, freedom of speech. Um, right now, um, and one of the things that uh, is true is that this also has a ramification with regard to election meddling and election, election contributions. Just think about the value 
associated with what Google and YouTube did when they canceled all of our conservative voices. Um, we're going to go ahead and, uh, again, we have, the, we're gonna, we have two callers calling in right now. So we're going to go ahead and take the first caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, this is Anita from Monterey, and this is very fast. I'm going to say this very fast. Um, I had someone come to my house um, yesterday. I was actually in my garage, so I saw them starting to walk up, and I, uh, I mean, I'm, I hate to say this, but I thought they were Jehovah Witnesses at first. They said, oh, no, no, we're here about, about the uh, vaccination. And I just said, what vaccination? I didn't know there was one out. And I said, well, 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 wait, I don't know why I said this, how this popped in my head. I said, wait a minute, until you come onto my property, and I, I told them, I said, this is my property. It's not a mortgage property. This is my property. First, I need to see a TB that you do not have tuberculosis, nor do you have hepatitis. Until you have those two tests, do not dare come onto my property. And they got the biggest eyes I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Wow. And they, they, they just turned around and they walked away. And I said, remember that. First, I must see your health credentials before you come onto my property. Wow. And that was that. I wonder if that applies so, to law enforcement. I don't know. Well, no, we're law enforcement. I, I, I support our law enforcement. Yeah. As long as I'm not the one in trouble. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but no, I support them. So we have a really good sheriff here and stuff. So. Um, as a matter of fact, I will say this very fast. I had a blink, or I had a tail light out on my car, and this is the kind of ticket that the sheriff gives here. On the back of a piece of paper, he gives you a phone number. Once you get your uh, tail light fixed, just take a picture of the receipt and you send it in. Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. So, okay, you guys take care. Okay, All have right, a good thank day. Thank you, Nita. All okay, right, take care. Uh-huh. All right, bye bye. All right, so we have a caller that waited patiently. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, my name's John from California. Okay. Um, I, I'd like to make a point or a thought on the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. Um, what I'm thinking is like um, thinking forward towards that vaccine. Um, I, I'm not anti-vaccine. I've taken the uh, polio, the tetanus, and you know, all the recommended ones and everything, but if you, if you like, save your, like, five, there's places where you could save your own blood, because I don't think many people that are against the vaccine want a transfusion with the mRNA technology in it, you know, like, you go in for emergency blood, and we give you people with blood that have been vaccinated, um, that could be a scary thing if you are, if, you know, you have your skepticism about the COVID-19 vaccine. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Uh, so many great calls today. So, you know, when you get a blood transfusion now, chances are you're going to get the vaccine uh, in that blood transfusion. And you yes, may not sir. want that. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Never thought about that one. Um, that's a that's very interesting. And you got to imagine the world blood, um, you know, the world blood that's been saved. Um, a lot of it now is a good possibility you're going to get vaccinated. Blood. Wow, and then a large heart to boot. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to run that by you, Scott. I love your show. And, and Thank you. If you have well, anything. To- 
That's thank a, you. You have a great day. Sir. I'm going to be thinking uh-huh. about that most of the day today. So thank you for bringing that up. All right. I'm going to look that up. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Wow. Great calls today. Uh, so that's interesting. You know what he just said? He basically was saying, you know, what's this going to do to our blood supply? When people are giving blood with the vaccine and, you know, uh, people with low platelets have to get a, a, pl- a platelet injection or a blood transfusion or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, this happens every day. People are going to be getting tainted blood, you know, and um, and and the other part is this, you know, um, we're going to play another Donald Trump clip here in a second, but the other part is this, and that is they went from the Delta strain variant in India to the Lambda, which was in the Australia and UK and South America, and then they went from that all the way up to now in California, they have this thing called Epsilon, and it's supposed to be able to skirt around the vaccine vaccines. So why in the world would you want to get a vaccine if it doesn't work? If there's going to be a strain coming out every other month. And why didn't Fauci know about this with his 50 years of experience? We're going to go ahead and take a, another caller here in a second. Um, caller, you're on the air. Yes, this is Anita again and very fast. I just, when he said that, I donated blood last week to uh, Stanford. I have antibodies, and I have not taken the shot, and they want my blood. I actually have an appointment to go back in two weeks to donate again. Wow. They do, yeah. not, they do not want people who've had that, that shot. They don't. Okay, that's interesting. No. No. <laughs> so do we all hang up and let somebody else call in? Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Um, that's uh, very interesting. Okay, so... Um, I don't know what to make of that. Um, yeah, so, so so basically what Anita is saying, and these are two California callers, is the blood supply. I don't know if that's across the board, though, you know, in terms of uh, blood donations. Donations of blood, are, is it across the board that they're basically saying no, or is it just, you know, in certain areas of the country? But one thing is true is that... Um, there's strain after strain after strain, and this, to me, is a cause for concern. Disclosed TV just wrote, just in, Lambda was yesterday. Today, it's the California Epsilon strain of COVID-19 that may be evading vaccines, according to researchers at the University of Washington in San Francisco, based Viro- Viro- Virology Biotechnology Laboratory. So that's going to be a black eye to what Biden's trying to push out uh, with all of his radical liberal ideologies. Did you hear about the latest one where he wants to tax oil $90 billion? We're going to get to that later in the show. It's bad enough that green hackers are raising the prices of oil and beef. It's bad enough that Joe Biden is shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, killing tens of thousands of great middle-class jobs. It's blue-collar jobs, manufacturing jobs. But now it's not fast enough. 
It's not fast enough. No. Now he wants to tax your gas. We might be seeing $7 a gallon gas at the pump in certain states. That is insane, folks. That's a tax like there's no other. And basically, it's designed to drive consumption down and electrical consumption up when it's very inefficient. And in addition to that, I wouldn't be surprised if the hackers that are hacking these key industries to raise prices and extort aren't part of this Green New Initiative. And the opening borders, like I said, you know, one by one, one by one, we're seeing our votes disappear. Every single time an illegal comes through the open border and gets it their self, themselves an ID, they're not to vote on an honor system, but their voter registration will be created and their ballot will be created. It'll be run through an algorithm machine their vote might count three times to expedite the process of one-party rule. It's how Detroit became Detroit. Detroit was the number one city in America at one point. 1960s, it was one of the richest cities in the world. And then the unions, the labor, the, the auto unions, and the liberal mayors and the, the corrupt politicians destroyed Detroit forever. It could have been one of the great cities, but no, democratic rule since 1960 ran that city into the ground. We're seeing high crime in every place in our union. I guess Biden went out and saw Lori Lightfoot, the, the most corrupt mayor probably in the United States, who has a criminal crime record in terms of uh, violent crime in Chicago that's through the roof. And you better believe that they're going to follow suit with what Andrew Cuomo is talking about in New York. Declaring a state of emergency so that you can mandate gun confiscation. Because that's what it's, that's what it's heading to. That's what they're heading to. What they're trying to do is they're trying to create this emergency to where they could take away your guns. They don't really care who lives or dies, who's defenseless, who's out of a job, who's broke, who can't afford their gas. It's all about power. And again, I say it a thousand times, I could say it a thousand times more. You can't have socialism if you have a strong, vibrant, working, middle, independent thinking middle class that represents the majority of the population. No way, Jose, can you have socialism. So what are they doing? They got this bioweapon called COVID coming out of China, and they're in bed with China, and they're crushing the middle-class jobs, middle-class livelihood, middle-class uh, availability to pray. They're saying you can't congregate in a church. All these things we've put, been put through in the last year and a half by these libtards, globalists, and being endorsed by corporate America. These corporations that want a shot at the table. They want a piece of that pie. They want a place at the table. And corporations that don't cooperate, 
do not get a place at the table and China will not give you their slave labor markets for you to profit from. So you either pay the play or you pay play ball or you don't play at all. You go out of business. So the reason why these corporations are endorsing these liberal media outlets with sponsorships and the reason why they turned a blind eye to looting and Black Lives Matter Marxism and cater to them is because they're selling out for the slave labor markets. And if they don't tow that line, they don't profit from the access. These multilateral trade deals are all about access to slave labor markets. China's using its people, its slave labor, almost as if they're using it as like a, a, a tool. Like there's a backhoe over there, there's a pipeline over there, there's a facility over here. They're treating people like objects. They're just part of the machinery that is slave labor. They don't care who lives or dies. That's why globalists, they're, business, they're in the business of moving populations around, killing populations off, like, like uh, what um, Bill Gates said. You know, when Bill Gates was talking about you know, killing people. He wasn't kidding. Reducing populations means killing people. Is that, that's not what, isn't that what that means? I think that's what it means. So, you know, when you want to reduce a population from 9.5 million to 6 million and you want to use death panels and abortions, and they call them these nice names like reproduction services, uh, med- med- medicine and uh, vaccines. Let's take a listen again. So we don't uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Uh, first, we. Who is he to say who, how, how to reduce the world's population? And, and how in the world is that science? That is, that is, that is a megalomania. That, that, that's Kevorkian on steroids, isn't it? So that, you know, and this is the guy that wants to indoctrinate our children with a computer. This is the guy that wants to inject beef into everybody's life that's 100% synthetic that contains formaldehydes, just like every vaccine contains formaldehydes, whether these new uh, COVID vaccines contain formaldehydes, I don't know, because they're not really vaccines anyway. Why? Because they don't contain the virus. They don't contain that virus. So, you know, I want to read some of these tweets. I've been wanting to do this all week. And I'm going to go up my ladder here and just read some of the profound tweets. And then we're going to get to another clip with respect to um, Donald Trump here in just a second. But I like this uh, Emerald Robinson. She has a great Twitter account. She tweets some really wonderful stuff. And Emerald Robinson says, The Delta Variant Scare campaign didn't work so the corporate media has already rolled out the Lambda variant. And of course, now it's going to be the Epsilon variant. Uh, 
Now, I believe these variants uh, will either, you know, there, there, there is a two-prong approach to what's happening. They need these draconian measures. So you're going to see definitely a new variant that's going to be a new threat. We're all going to have to wear masks and we're all going to have to be locked inside again. So they could crush your economy and rebuild it from uh, the ground up like Cloward and Piven or like Sololinsky would prescribe. They want to rig elections. They want to prevent you from going in day of and uh, voting. They need to uh, ensure that they don't lose the House and the Senate, which they're poised to do right now in, in a major league way. And I don't even think they could stop it, especially because Pennsylvania just rolled out their forensic audit, which is great news. We're going to talk about that today as well, hopefully. Um, but what's happening in Arizona, what's happening in Pennsylvania and in Georgia are big things. So it's going to hopefully gain some inroads. But there, there, I think that the left wing is torn between mask mandates to rig elections and getting 70% of vaccination and pushing these vaccines by going door to door with a cotton swab and a needle to put in your butt and break down your door if they have to. I mean, it's crazy what they're proposing to do for what was supposed to be a voluntary vaccine. I've never seen such a sales pitch in all my life. And the reason why they're doing it is because they need to get to a threshold that the corporations will sponsor and support. These multinational corporations will do it. If they want access to the slave labor markets, they will comply. But they won't comply if it's going to be a guaranteed huge loss financially for them. So they need a population of at least 70% so they could bully the 30% into compliance. Not by law, not by all these other things, not by legislation or any of these things. It's going to be by coercion. It's going to be so that if you want to go to the store, if you want to go to the play, if you want to go to the concert, if you want to go and travel, you're going to have to get the vaccine passport. But they're not going to mandate that just now. They don't have the numbers. It would be too much of a financial burden. But if they can get the number of vaccinated up to a certain degree and push and mandate vaccine passports as a result of it, they got you. They could track your every move. They can control your world, your entire world. And believe you me when I tell you that the reason why Section 230 and the big tech giants hasn't complied and they haven't pulled the Section 230 is because they want the leverage of tracking people. Just look at the NSA and what they're doing to Tucker Carlson. And who is the person that leaked Tucker Carlson's private emails to the media? I would love to know that. Tucker would love to know that. Let's go on and read some of these tweets because they're thought-provoking and we can talk about each one. So Emma Robinson also writes, you're running out of time to ban voting machines hooked up to the internet and critical race theory and vaccine passports and lockdowns and mandatory masks. 
Cancel them before they cancel you. That's a good point. So, new. No, uh, Disclosed TV says, and here it comes, Lambda, a variant that raises concern due to unusual mutations. Scientists are worried the latest strain now found in over 30 countries, including Australia and UK, could be more infectious and resistant to vaccines. Huh. Now they got the Epsilon in California. Again, I don't know if this is by chance or by design uh, and who's on what side because to me, these variants hurt the vaccine movement and hurt the vaccine passport mandates. The corporations are going to put out there because they're private. They're not bound to the same constitutional principles as our government is. But our government surely will support corporations who want to engage with vaccine passports because they want to control people. And Section 230 and their compliance with DARPA and mind control and uh, metadata collection are all interwoven with the government. It's been going on for a long time since Christine Maxwell developed Magellan and then Chiliad Software that she worked out a deal with Carly Fiorina and when she was uh, running HP. And they were working with General Hayden, not only at the CIA level, but at the NSA level. And General Hayden hates Trump. So did Carly Fiorina. And shame on Ted Cruz for, a, for bringing Carly Fiorina on as his vice presidential candidate to try to win over the women's vote back in 2016. So for you Ted Cruz fans out there, just don't forget about that. Rick Rennell writes, and some very pro-Trump people are not happy that Vance endorsed and voted for Evan McMullen. Of course not. J.D. Vance is making a lot of uh, noise. He's going to run for a uh, conservative uh, Republican seat in Ohio. The problem with J.D. Vance is he was a McMullen guy. He was an anti-Trumper. And I, you know, sort of know the guy, but I wouldn't trust him with a 10-foot pole when it comes to politics. I wouldn't endorse him. Uh, No way, no how, no how. All right, so here's a meme. It says, the coronavirus will come and go, but the government will never forget how easy it was to take control of your life, to control every sporting event, classroom, restaurant, table, and church pew, and even if you are allowed to leave your house. So we've already damaged ourselves with respect to that, and it's a scary thought. So... Eric Metheny writes, it should go without saying, if you represent the United States in the Olympics, you must do so with dignity and respect. There is no constitutional right to play sports. If you can't honor your flag on the world stage, you have no business being an Olympian. Good point. Ned Ryan writes about um, the, the attorney up in Michigan who went and visited Arizona related to election fraud and integrity. Constitution attorney Matt DiPerno claimed on Monday that Arizona's Secretary of State Katie Hobbs and Maricopa County election officials have known since November 3rd that there was a security breach into the country's servers. Huh. All right, so 
Trisha Flanagan, a Republican from New Jersey, writes, CDC's own data shows 100% COVID survival ages 0 to 30, yet young healthy students are being forced vaccination despite fact that 300-plus young healthy students are now suffering from debilitating myocarditis. Myocarditis. Start suing schools mandating vaccines. Sue the FDA. Sue the crap out of them. All right. And then you got communists that are endorsing uh, over in England. You got communists that are endorsing um, vaccine passports and things like that. So you understand the root cause of it all, right? Um, <clears throat> Tim Swain says defund NPR and PBS. Cambry writes, why is the Biden administration going to go to the home of those not vaccinated if the vaccine is voluntary? I'll wait. Tim Swain writes, who planted pipe bombs at the DNC and RNC headquarters on January 5th? Six months later, and we still don't have the answer to that question, nor who shot Ashley Babbitt. So, of course, Pat, uh, Jen Psaki says the reason for going to, uh, well, I said this in response to uh, her comment of going door to door. Let's listen to her in comment. more healthcare settings and respond to hotspots. The president will outline five areas his team is focused on to get more Americans vaccinated. One, uh, targeted community by community door to door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated by ensuring they have the information they need on how both safe and accessible the vaccine is. Two, a renewed emphasis on getting the vaccines to more primary care doctors and physicians, something that we've seen in more healthcare settings and respond. All right, so I wrote a response to that, and I said, the reason for going door-to-door to to push a voluntary vaccine is to get to the 70%-plus vaccinated threshold that would garner corporate support to mandate an otherwise unconstitutional vaccine passport. They're using corporations to legislate and enforce policy to skirt around the constitutional restrictions. And also, I said, I'm wondering why HIPAA, privacy of our health records, isn't being discussed in our mainstream media right now. And Rick Grinnell writes, every woman on the Mexican soccer team faced the flag and sang the Mexican national anthem. Several women on the U.S. soccer team turned away from the U.S. flag. So he was upset about that. Charlie Kirk writes, it's been six months since Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed by a Capitol police officer and we're still not being told the identity of her killer. And what the... In what other scenario would that be acceptable standard of justice and accountability? Uh, I don't know. You know, that's a good question. Trisha Flanagan writes, now the Biden overlords are going door to door pushing vaccines. President Reagan was right. Now listen to this one. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Don't help me, government. I don't want your help. I don't want your involvement. Emerald Robinson writes, Democrats don't want to hand over router passwords in Arizona for the same reason Democrats can't find chain of custody docs for mail-in ballots in Georgia. For the same reason, 135,000 votes are magically preloaded into machines by Democrats in the New York City mayor race that made it so Eric Adams won. Uh, James Woods writes, will you be wearing armbands? And I said, 
to respond to that, I said mask mandates in stores for the non-vaccinated is the equivalent of armbands and a violation of HIPAA, Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. It's a violation of that. Emerald Robinson writes, remember, the FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop for a year before the election and couldn't manage to authenticate it. But daily, the Daily Mail newspaper managed to do it in two weeks. What does that say about our FBI? It's corrupt. That's what it says. So Cash Patel, someone who's really in the know, uh, wrote, FBI Director Ray was noticeably absent from cabinet phone calls in the run-up to the January 6th event. Emerald Robinson writes, did the FBI send the same agents who investigated the NASCAR garage door pulls, which threatened Bubba Wallace to seize the fully assembled Lego toy model of the U.S. Capitol as evidence of a devious insurrection? And then also, Emerald Robinson writes this, and I've been wanting to talk about this all week. The Sun Valley Billionaires Summer Camp gathers to get together the only people left in the world who don't mind hanging out publicly with Bill Gates. Do you know Jack Dorsey owns a piece of, uh, or he owns Cash App? Um, a lot of these companies are controlling the money, the crypto, everything in between. And these Sun Valley events that are annual, they're getting together and they're planning their strategy for the next year. And that should scare everybody in the room. Liz Harrington writes, the presidential spokesman, uh, President Trump, the report from the Michael Bender book is totally false. President Trump never said this. It was probably made up by an incompetent general who was fired. He's talking about John Kerry, uh, John Kelly, and the comments that were alleged to have been made about Hitler. Uh, And I remember when that went down, when they were going to France, and Trump never said anything of the kind. He canceled the trip Uh, due to rain, and that was well-documented. I don't know why they're bringing this stuff up, but I think that they feel very threatened by Donald Trump. Tim Swain writes, breaking Trump to announce he will sue Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey and Facebook, of course. And Justin, well, we know about the Haitian president assassinated. Charlie Kirk writes, Marxist wouldn't be so up in arms about cameras in classrooms if they weren't doing or teaching something they know is wrong. You know, it's, it's, it's good enough for the cops to wear um, cameras on their chests, right? It's good enough for the cops. Why not for the Marxist teachers that uh, want to, to do this, right? Rick Rennell says, we are at dinner in Manhattan Beach and both tables on our sides are talking about Donald Trump. Tim Swain writes, the only solution to the border invasion is for Republican leaders to pass strict election integrity laws and mandate E-Verify for all businesses, of course. So Tricia Flanagan says, the median age of COVID death in U.S. is 78. Medium life expectancy is 77. COVID deaths age for 0 to 30 years old, 0%. Why the ever-living whatever is anyone trying to force vaccinated children? Uh, Why? To vaccinate children. Why are they doing that? And Katter writes, Trump is still fighting for us 1,000 times more than most of the GOP combined. 
And Emerald Robinson writes, President Trump is going to sue big tech. Oh, of course we know that. Um, there's a lot of news on the big tech. And, that, and I wanted to get to another thing. You know, this guy named John Sullivan, what was he doing in the Capitol building? He was a Black Lives Matter leader wearing a Make America Great Again hat. What was that about? Right? So there's a lot of infiltration going on with respect to that. Then the tweets start to get to Tucker Carlson. Emma Robinson writes, so the NSA is now leaking Tucker Carlson's emails to other journalists. And Jack Posobiec writes, is this why the New York Times piece came out about Tucker's private conversations? Naked totalitarianism. The state of Pen- oh, and then also Emerald Robinson writes the state of Pennsylvania is starting a forensic audit of the 2020 election in three different counties, by the way, uh, key counties, including Philadelphia. So that should be uh, an excellent, excellent thing. I wanted to play um, this other clip um, that uh, Trump made in his speech yesterday about Hunter Biden. If you say it long enough, hard enough, often enough, people will start to believe it. That's what happened with Russia. That's what happened with Ukraine. That's what happened with, well, the worst is when they don't say it, like the laptop from hell. They didn't want to, you look at that thing, that is, there is more criminal activity on that laptop than Al Capone had if he ever had a laptop with <laughs> Now listen to this. This is uh, another attack on your oil prices. This is Joe Biden. $100 billion a year. Not a year. $400 billion over this period. Which is enough to pay for the child, child, child care tax credit. If we end tax breaks for fossil fuels and make polluters pay to clean up the messes they've made, that would raise $90 billion. I'm not asking them to do anything that, that is unfair. Just not going to subsidize them anymore. They're doing well, thank you. Thank you. So $90 billion tax on gas. What do you think that's going to do to your oil prices? So I know we're rushing things a bit because we're out of time. Um, and uh, we are out of time. There's a lot more that I wanted to say about Tucker Carlson. We'll probably get to that tomorrow. Um, because what the NSA is doing to Tucker and what they've been doing, you know, weaponizing our government against its own people is outrageous. And... Uh, we need to put a stop to it. So we need to first be aware of what's going on and put a stop to it. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show today. Uh, be sure to check out buglecall.org and magapack.org if you want to make a donation to what we're trying to do, which is endorse uh, and promote America first policies that will make America great again. We had that slogan well before anybody. Uh, because that was an original idea that we've had for years now um, with regard to the Scott Adams Show and all that's in between. Uh, be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for our latest podcast. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there